Akira is a 1988 movie about an apocalyptic event taking place months before Tokyo 2020 Olympics, showing the WHO advising Japan to postpone the Olympics because of a pandemic risk. Tokyo is hosting the Olympics in 2020. Months before the Olympics begin, coronavirus appears. The WHO is advising Japan to postpone the Olympics because of a pandemic risk. Oh no! Oh yes! We did it. <laughs> Sweet. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Alrighty. On okay. Hello. So Howdy. welcome to this this our Saturday, February 29th leap day episode of Chop Shop Economics. We're your oh, go ahead, Doc. Welcome, everybody, uh, especially to all the freaks and nerds out there who like actually get off on reading this econ shit and subjecting yourself to the same kind of pain and torment that we enjoy every week. This is Doc Spider. <laughs> How y'all doing? Oh, this is St. Helen. I'm just happy to be here, you know, conducting that haruspicy Fucking being your seatsayers, cutting open the sheep's guts of the fucking Wall Street Journal of the fucking Bloomberg Wire, and we're just predicting the future here. I guess that's really, I guess that's really what we're doing. <laughs> just like every other uh, economist. Oh yes, I'm Miss Silver, um, and I'm just. I'm so glad to be here. It's finally happening. Everyone in the Doomsday Economics spreads all across the internet, and you know who you are. It's coming. It's finally happening. Hopefully this time, we won't get fucking teased. We'll get what we want. And what we want is for this fucking farce to end. Time for it all to just burn down you know we're looking yes! what what is it a 13 percent drop over fucking monday to friday in the yeah. dow five trillion dollars in equity value wiped out in one week five mm. fucking trillion wow and all because like 1000 people died this is yeah. amazing it's it's so i mean you could see it on like just now when Trump was doing his presser, like you could see it written all over his face. Like this is the one thing he's always like boasted about the most is look at me. I'm good at economy. I am good business president. Look and listen to me. Big Trump, big business man. I am the economy man. <laughs> I know what's best for Wall Street. I used to sell tenements. So, like, to see him, like, in front of a camera and not doing his usual fucking shtick was, like, 
actually kind of weird and a little scary. Like, not gonna lie. Like, it after like four years, like five years or something of this bullshit, it like you kind of get used to a certain level of okay, that's Trump being his usual horrible fucking racist, sexist, all the ists self and reveling in it. This was like really different and really weird. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's quite an experience and. I, for one, I am here for it. I love this shit. I, you can see the fear in their eyes, you know? Yes. In, like, Trump and Kudlow's yeah. eyes. They looked like someone's, like, ran over their litter of puppies. Oh, yeah. No, I, I really wish I could be in, like, one of those fucking press rooms with them. Because you, there's, you could, I bet you could just, like, taste it in the air, you know? Just taste the panic. Panic in the cocaine. Know? It's oh, and the booze. Yeah. and it's good cocaine too. So <laughs> prescribed by a White House doctor, and, and nothing said it more than the fact that Trump literally, in his like fifteen minutes of being able to like stand still and read from a script, which in and of itself is a feat. Like, like I gotta say, hats off to the White House staff who somehow figured out how to do that finally and that was amazing uh, but he only spends like 30 seconds about 15 minutes talking about the economy like that was it he was just like well i talked to tim cook and he said we're back to full production so everything's fine tim cook good businessman oh yeah i love how they trotted out tim cook it's just like hi i'm mr apple you may be concerned about the economy well don't be thank you yeah. Oh, and fucking Warren Buffett was doing that Monday. He was all like, no, don't worry about it. Apple's totally fine. I promise. Oh, man. And they gotta wheel him out? You know you're fucked. And the best part is that this is, like, completely undermined by just, like, looking at Kello. Oh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, item in the first, first thing he does when he got on camera was he pulls out a water bottle, takes a big swig from it, swishes it around in his mouth before he's getting started. Oh! And, and, you know, it doesn't take really long to guess why, because I bet it reeked in there. Oh, God. He, oh, there's no way that guy was not, like, just, he just smelled ring so sweaty he's been sweating in that same like, suit since last night well and it's gonna be like stale vodka sweat because the way that guy was talking it was like trump woke him up at 3am and said hey you have to tell everyone's not fucked and the first thing he did was sink a fifth oh god yeah it's i mean it but like how the fuck do you like... spin that though well you just say tim cook tim cook yeah. And we talked about this last week. Oh my god. And the the best look, part iPhone is that... 5, oh look, the thing is is that iPhone 12 production is not fucking happening. The it's, engineers yeah, can't go of... there because of the fucking coronavirus, because then they'll get infected and possibly die. And while they're there, they're not doing the work that Apple needs them to. So the iPhone 12 launch is fucked. And guess what? 
they already okay. missed that fucking shipping deadline. Yeah, no. It's it's all over. Oh yeah, no, no, these fucking shipping numbers. They're they're not good. Like what is it? 30% less from China over the past month? Like yeah. There's that's <laughs> that's a significant chunk of the world economy. Yeah. Does not have picture like I mean, just, like, take, like, two seconds to, like, Google Port of Los Angeles and Google Images and just pull up, like, what is, like, the port that covers, like, 40% of all shipping traffic for the West Coast. And it's one of the biggest ports in the Pacific Rim. Just pull up that picture, look at all of those containers, and then imagine, like, a third of them not being there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Like, that's, that's what's just happened. To give y'all an idea of the I value of Chinese ex monthly value of Chinese exports, it's like two hundred billion dollars a month. Jesus, that's over a trillion a year. That's what two trillion a year, two and a half trillion a year almost, and easily. That's the economy of an entire like. France, and that's thirty percent of it gone. Thirty percent over the past month is just. I remember reading and... a story that said that they're, um, like they are not sending out, uh, like they uh, they've outright canceled like half the boats. Oh shit! At so they've got at Shenzhen. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh it's not that's really a, like at all. Like I love this fucking oh my god. There's no way that this is going to just come back. There's no way that we're going to just oh yeah, stop being afraid. If you throw money back into it, it'll it'll start right back up. Cuz at some point that there yeah. is we talked about this last episode, at some point people can't just be throwing money away anymore you know yeah and this is like they'll stop believing in the market fairy exactly at this whole like fucking stock crash this isn't like the last like the big december correction that happened this because this is like actual assets are not showing up and like the like China's relationship with the rest of the world right now, economically speaking, is basically the same as America's relationship with Europe in the late nineteen twenties. Yeah, it's it's the workhouse of the world, the workshop of the world. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, them stumbling means everybody else is going to take a dive. Yeah, there's there's nothing to do about it. If you and again, we talked about this in like. The last episode, like 70% of the world's economic growth since 1980 has been China. <laughs> like, which by the way, we recorded it like on the Saturday before the Dow face planted. Yeah, anyhow, two days, two days before. I'm just saying, we are soothsayers, we see the oh, future. Fuck, we called it. <laughs> Believe everything we say 100% and totally use this as investment advice. 
<laughs> don't actually no, don't, do that, don't, though. Don't, 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 don't do any of that. Um, anyone could have seen this coming. Uh, it's, but yeah, there's no, there's no coming back from this. There's no. Uh, fundamentally, the economy is fine. There is no waiting for the recovery to happen to for the stocks to rally yeah there it it's just a total crash and i'd say that like it's not crash yet and we've been teased so often it's 13 percent. it's the biggest since that fucking like what was it october september 2008 crash it's the biggest one since then yeah percentage wise not even points they like to like get you confused about that but it's just a huge chunk of the stock market has been blasted away and it's not coming back. oh but it's gonna be a correction it's just a correction i mean you know the dow lost like a thousand points or so way back in december of 2018 and fucking teased us all um and everything was fine. Everything was fine. So, so Doc, we Doc this, is, this is actually something that I've been uh, wondering. And I think that our listeners would also like to know, what the fuck do they exactly mean by market correction? So market correction is like is really kind of a like it's one of those like weaselly kind of words that the economic pundits like to throw around because it helps obscure what's going on like it does have a meaning in economics but how it's used in the press tends to be a little more deceptive it's like a correction is where in theory you have you've had an overinflated asset that has just rapidly lost value and comes back down to a lower price and then remains consistent at that level. So like, for example, when Bitcoin surged to like record heights, like a couple of years ago, and then promptly crashed like shortly after, that's a correction because only Bitcoin was crashing. Um, so for when, when they're trying to say it's a correction, they're talking about ev- almost every single fucking stock exchange going under in the past week that that's not a correction that is all the fucking lights have broken at this point oh my all yeah. the fucking alarm bells are like off like completely off the chain. yeah we've like, reached the fourth is not a correction of manhattan territory right now these it's raining men <laughs> claudio the chance of stockbrokers this past week oh, yeah. yes this is <laughs> This is But surely uh, the bond markets are simply experiencing oh, yeah. correction. And surely the commodities markets are oh. too. And surely, and surely, and surely. <laughs> we're, we're, we all just, everyone just like stepped back and went, oh, oops, that's why we use pencils instead of pens. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it really feels like if this is a market correction, then the market itself is overvalued. <laughs> like... And that's what's really scary about this is when you pull up the value of the Dow as mm-hmm. it is now, which it, like gives a pretty accurate measure of the value of all tr- publicly traded companies in the United States. Well, not all. It measures the top 500 sort of as like a temperature check. So it, it's kind of useful. Sometimes. Like 
it shows how the it's basically a good reflection of finance yeah and how bankers are feeling it's not necessarily a good reflection of the economy but when you go back to like two late 2007 right before the crash began in 2008 the high of the Dow was like the Dow's trading at its highest a little over 14,000 points uh-huh. just before that crash. Um, and then it lost enormous amounts of value and sunk like well below like six for a while there. Um, the value of the market as of January 13th, 2020 for the Dow Jones was 29,348 points. That's a lot of points. So there's we there's a lot more room to fall than there was in 2000. Yeah, it this is we've already the dropped way bigger. like the amount of points as the fucking 2008 crisis. We've already dropped in percentages around the 2008 crisis. Like and every This was the worst week for finance since 2008. Yeah. Full stop. And the thing is, if you look back to 2008, the year before, at the end of 2007, there was a similar sized crash. That was the peak. It was it dropped from the peak down and it wiped out like a year's worth of growth and it leveled out a little bit, slowly going down and it went up again a little, went up again a little by September. And then it plummeted and the bottom fell out. And if this is that, like, first stage of panic, then when the bottom really falls out, it'll be way worse than 2008. And if it's not just this first stage of panic, then that means that we're looking at, like, a 1929 situation where everyone is just fucking running away from finance. Match is stuffing time. Yeah. That, well, that's exactly what investors are doing. Every single indicator. Because usually when you see like market corrections or stuff like that, you see money going from one market to another. So like the US markets might go down, but Canadian markets might go up. Gold goes down because people are jumping into Bitcoin, shit like that. What's happened in this past week is everything has been getting throttled. All the bond rates are down which is really bad because bonds are supposed to be one of the, like U.S. Treasury bonds are supposed to be one of the safest investments you can possibly make. And usually that's where investors go when they security in times of economic turbulence. Gold is down. Like they are pulling out money and stuffing it under mattresses. They are just running for the lifeboats and saying, fuck it, I don't care if I knock you overboard on the way. Yeah, and this is the fuck thing is that usually when they are stuffing their fucking money under their mattress they're at least turning it into gold first but now they don't even trust the gold mark like yeah well and what's especially twisted about all this shit is like like this is one that's like this little thing came up on bloomberg so on bloomberg like the headline for this week of world's richest lose 444 billion in assets after hellish week for markets like one holy fuck that that's like a ridiculous amount of money Two, that's like 10%, almost 10% of all the value that was last week lost in this past week was lost by these absurdly, stupidly, could by God rich assholes. Mm -hmm. 
That's not enough, honestly. Proportionally, they should have lost more, I feel. But that even just shows how fucking huge that their assets made up a tenth yeah. of all the value lost yeah. in this past week. That's like... That's fucking... God. It's already the like this like se- section of wealth that most people will never have any access to. And then to see that like so much of it is controlled and owned by these top fucking oligarchs. These fucking emperors. It's it really puts things into perspective, it really does. And all this shit, all like every indicator is looking bad. Every like almost every exchange we're talking about is down. Buenos Aires had a surprisingly brisk and profitable week, oddly enough. Like didn't see that coming. Mexico did pretty good in spite of everything. Hello. <laughs> I guess that's because they're not paying for that wall. We stand a king in Mexico City right now. (laughs) (laughs) And the only one that was persistently doing well was the Chicago Options Exchange. Basically the people who sell tickets to the lifeboats. Yeah, so could you explain that in like more detail? Like what are these options exchanges? And why are they lifeboats? (laughs) So options are basically these like financial instruments that like they're con- sorry they're financial contracts that you can make mm-hmm. with a broker or with a company or something like that where you are given the option to exercise another contract which could be buying a stock or selling shares of stock at a certain based on a certain set price like this kind of stock option thing is really really common mm-hmm. in the tech industry among startups where people will get stock options instead of actual stock, which means you are allowed to sell stock at Mm -hmm. this price, but you don't actually own it. So you're not invested in the asset itself. So it gives you that kind of flexibility of you can choose to exercise the option or not, but it only costs you whatever it takes to set up the option or to buy it from someone else because they're all traded on exchanges. They all bounce around all over the place. So they allow you to buy, choose to buy or sell things when at a certain time, at a set price. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So they get a little bit of security. So when people are buying options in large numbers, it's because they want escape plans. Okay. They want what they want lifeboats. So, so wait, you're saying that these are more secure than stuff like U.S. Treasury bonds? Well, because what they give that U.S. Treasury bonds don't give is they give you the choice to acquire an asset. You do not actually have to pay the cost of holding that asset. Oh, okay. Wow, that is, I guess that's why they call it options. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, so they're just basically, they put it all into just like bets on perhaps maybe buying things. Is that like... Essentially. Wow. You still have to pay the options maker Mm -hmm. a fee. So money still is created no matter what when these contracts are entered into. And so So. we're already... And you make money from selling them. So... The Fed is... The fact that... Oh, yeah. 
amazing the, yeah. the fact that this amazing financial bullshit is the only thing that's doing well right now is an extremely bad sign yeah the kind of thing that's probably illegal in like most countries but <laughs> um should be yeah the so the fed is already handing out money at one percent right like that that's what it's been like federal reserve is basically who loans money to banks and banks like to get it's basically unlimited loans to banks that the fed gives out and it, it the rate is when you hear about the fed rate it's like you know oh they're changing it to this they're changing it to that to stimulate this to stimulate that and the thing is that like if banks think that yeah, they so can get seven five yeah it's basically a baseline rate for just returns that banks can get you know and if they can't get more than like if they can't get more than one percent on like returns for just their general asset then they can't afford a loan from the fed and so when you see these like drops in the fed rate they're dropping it to below what banks can make in general Am I being correct about this stock? More or less, like that, because that's the thing: is the lower the rate, is the cheaper credit, and that's how they made the job work. Was they were just basically handing out free money to the banks, or close to free anyway, because the rate was so low, so it kept capital moving. And that's the whole thing about what, like, quantitative easing was doing. But now. The the reason that was even able to work is because prior to 2008, the rate was closer to like 5 or 6%, which is what it was for like basically most of the 90s and the Bush years. Uh-huh. They don't have any room to drop the bar. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Like they don't have enough room to drop uh, the bar like they did in 2008. The entire Obama they, and. They can't go from 5 to 1. Yeah, the the entire Obama and Trump administrations, they've been like, oh, we're bringing up the interest rate to two. And then, like, anything happens, they're like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, back to one and a half, you know? <laughs> like, and yeah. so they've are, they're starting off the recession at 1%. They're starting off this crash at 1%. And what are they going to do? There's, they, no there's no room to drop it, because, like, What's the point of having, like, if you're just giving banks big piles of money, like, what what are they going to do with this money? Like, they can't put it in anything at this point. They're not making money off of that money, so they might as well just fucking blow it up their nose, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that's what's happening. Because what they've been doing with this money, where all this growth is coming from, is basically a whole bunch of fucking black magic on Wall Street. Because like we like I just said earlier about how like the market now at its highest level is like twice what it was before the 2008 crash. Like you're seeing all this fucking like crazy ass like derivatives bullshit has been swelling like nobody's business. Like just sitting off on Wall Street. Like we're talking numbers that like, rather the gross market value of these derivatives. And when I'm talking derivatives, I'm talking the really weird shit that broke the economy in 2008. Like we're talking shit that could let you make money out of the money. It was literally like 
it, it's fucking black magic. It's like straight, it's, there's no other word for it. You're literally creating non-existent value out of the fact that you have an asset that you can securitize, which means find a way to sell on Wall Street and chop into a thousand tiny bits and then repackage the bits and sell them as a new thing and create all kinds of insane amounts of money that don't really exist. And it's important to preface that this was all that because the current estimated value as of end of June 2019, as per the Bank for International Settlements, of the global derivatives market is around $12 trillion. Double, double toil and trouble. Option swaps and futures double. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And the total value of international debt securities that are floating around is sitting at 24 trillion dollars oh cool so that's an that's just like it's like a normal amount of money would you say in that in that market like like the normal one yeah, yeah, the, this economy that has like that has like three times as much private debt as there is GDP globally. Yeah, that's a uh, that's you know having multiple times the debt as there is actual economic value is very much having a normal one in the economy. Like, there's wh- what is that even supposed to? Okay, so having that much debt there's not like, enough money that, that like locks up the liquidity there just isn't enough money but, like w- isn't this going to be causing a liquidity crisis where like everyone is too locked in to all of these fucking shitty ass fucking debts to where they can't like do anything anymore oh the shit's gonna just disappear so it's gonna disappear <laughs> there's not enough money in the world for all of these contracts. It's just gonna go poof. It'll be the fucking greatest magic trick in economic history. This is great. This is great because this stuff is just so much of it fucking is just going to like ruin so many people's lives because it's all it, this is this is what people mean when like the uh what is that? The uh, monetary policy people? Who are they? Uh, the ones on like the left with like who want to fund oh, the MMT people. Oh yeah, modern. Yeah, the modern monetary. Yeah, the theory. modern monetary theory people. This is why they're just like, oh yeah, we can just like make up money and make up funding and stuff to fund whatever we want. You know, because the capitalists have already done it. Yeah, because that's what yeah. they, that's what our entire economy has run off of for the past ten years. Like, it's yeah. been entirely off of just people just going like, "Okay, but like, what if we pretend everything's fine?" You know, <laughs> like, yeah, like easily, like because you hear like the gold bugs and like you know more libertarian leaning economists like go on about things like fiat money and that it's losing the gold standard and all that shit but like they completely miss the point that the private sector basically eclipses all 
central banks as the dominant creator of credit and new currency at some point in the 1980s. Yeah, no, no, no. That's like... they like the private sector has basically controlled money creation for the like privatized money and have controlled it ever since in since like the mid 80s on yeah no this is part of the whole neoliberal shift is stuff like nixon nixon nixing the fucking gold standard you know which we weren't really even on since roosevelt and especially not since bretton woods but um this is this is an app all of these stocks this huge stock growth we're looking at uh we're looking at a dow that's twice the size as it was in 2008 mm-hmm. is the u.s economy twice the size as it was in 2008 no not even by know. gdp which is like measured by stuff like these services and stock like so is the average income gone up by 50%? It hasn't gone up by 50%, let alone 100%. So this stock magic, it's just made up. It's all a bunch of bullshit that is fueled by this unlimited fucking Fed dollars. Just They're just pouring in to try to keep fucking all these businesses alive. Yeah. yeah. Like, they saw no problem with continuing to sell to the uh, drunk driver who kept running people over and wrecking cars if they stop pouring booze for this guy who will they sell new cars to (laughs) exactly (laughs) like oh my god and speaking of selling cars how's that oil going huh oh (laughs) Uh... <laughs> well, I think we, I think we've got time to expand more on the market shit a little bit. Um, yeah, like uh, let's go with like... these commodities. Yeah, like oh yeah. So not only are the all these businesses failing, all of just in general stocks for everything is going down, and that includes commodities and commodity futures, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and it all goes back to like the shipping disruptions and all the supply chain shit, like all all the shit that like came up last week. Like it's all that shit about Chinese shipping being down thirty percent. Like actual assets are not being delivered. Yeah, and these overinflated value depends on those assets. Yeah, the it it depends on like the demand staying high and the supply staying constant, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, the whole just-in-time thing, the whole idea is that it's supposed to enable this sort of frictionless flow of goods and services. Everything is supposed to get there. When it's supposed to get there, you're not holding inventory any longer than you have to. You're delivering only the goods that the distributor needs in order to sell them. And any disruption in this it's very difficult. Like there, there have been a lot of firms that have gone bust in the past ten years, um, who unsuccessfully try to ride out these shocks. The thing is, is this shit happens all the time. Like uh, I brought up last week, the Samsung plant, you know, is shutting down for like a single minute because the power got cut, and 
you know, that cost them like millions in wafers. They had to like clear out the machines, you know, millions of dollars lost because the, the power blinked off in the fab. And that's just, that's just one little thing. That's just, you know, two basic pieces of, you know, raw components that have to go out and be put into, you know, final assemblies. And then those final assemblies have to be, you know, actually assembled. And then the completed products are shipped to, you know, the United States or the European Union or whatever. And then we buy them. And if anything in this chain goes wrong ever at all, everything suffers. Yeah. And this is hitting across all industry. This isn't like in Fukushima where just the auto industry ground to a halt because a group of highly specialized parts plants in Japan went out for a couple of days. This is yeah, yeah. all shipping piling up in the Chinese ports. Mm-hmm. It's shipping that has to be warehoused, has to be inventoried, that's extra cost. And those are contracts that haven't been met. And these companies are frequently, like companies are frequently on the kind of debt loads where they can, especially in retail, where they can stay just ahead mm-hmm. of the disaster as long as they hit their targets. Yeah. And like Bed Bath & Beyond and all them are all laying off people and closing down stores before this happened. They're not going to be able to take this. Yeah, and I really want to, like, to put this into perspective, y'all, Black Monday, October 28th, 1929, that was a 13% drop. This past week was a 13% drop. These prices are getting destroyed. Everything is, all this value is getting destroyed. There is so much less demand now. Yeah. And and so now, because of all these delays, people won't be able to afford to start this back up again. Yeah. It's, they won't be able to afford it. They're like, and like, so we're going to see these like it's the world's most perverse game of musical chairs. Yeah. Like probably by by end of second quarter, you're gonna be seeing mass layoff. Yeah. Everywhere. And there's going to be a bunch of price spirals where fucking they can't maintain the high price because no one is buying it anymore. And so they cut the prices, but now they're less profitable. And so they need to sell more, but they're not selling more. And so they need to cut prices. And Because, you know, when you tell people the only way to make economic growth is to squeeze blood from stones, eventually they're going to run out of blood. Yeah. 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 It's taken a while, but they finally ran out. And so we're... So we're just in general looking at this very it's it's more like they were making this noose. They were making this noose over the past ten years with this just in time shipping and with all these financial instruments and with this low Fed rate. And it's like and they've just been dancing on top of that chair. 
<laughs> they've been dancing on top of that chair and now oh no they've kicked the chair out from under themselves yeah th- this is entirely of their making this is because of their stupid fucking bullshit and because that makes more money now like it's yeah yeah it's all the same bullshit and and this time they said fuck it we're gonna go all in yeah and there's there the only response that can happen to make this any softer for people in general around the world is severe state intervention in the economy direct intervention directly nationalizing large industries directly employing people and making up the money to pay them with like that's what it comes down to are you talking about defying the will of the free market fairy well the thing that shows how fucked it is when you're talking about uh, price spirals st helen uh oil was doing that this week oil slipped from 50 per barrel 50 and change per barrel at the beginning of this week to 45 and change per barrel and usually there's only like two reasons that that ever happens in the price history of oil either a new find has just come online a very large find something that today would be on the scale of like i don't know texas again and that supply coming online that's one reason prices would dip except that hasn't happened in the last like five years in fact the permian uh, fracking shale is collapsing or people aren't buying fuel for ships and trucks and planes yeah it's a demand drop (laughs) so the price goes down it's some very basic shit going on right now even at the high levels yeah but what's going to make it worse for oil is like when we were talking about brexit uh we were like talking about how even jim kramer is saying it's time to divest from fossil fuels J.P. Morgan Chase just announced on February 25th they will no longer be financing extreme oil drilling, meaning they're not going to be financing oil, coal, or natural gas in the Arctic or other extreme regions. Yeah, because it's fucking cost too much. Like, it, it's done. Oil's going to fucking die, and a whole bunch of horrible people will go down with it. But that's it. <laughs> there are like certain kinds of production that cannot be maintained when oil this cheap like fracking is no longer profitable deep water drilling becomes much less profitable um like this is the oil industry may be entering a crisis mode and they are the largest industry on the planet after finance so well the thing is with fracking is it has and they actually have real shit they actually have shit unlike wall street so really be more accurate to say they are the biggest actual industry on the planet yeah and Fracking hasn't been profitable for all of 2019, and I think most of 2018, too. Like, it just keeps costing more and more, and the price of oil is not rising commensurate with that, because demand is leveling off. Yeah, and, like, production of renewable alternatives, even though it's not even, it hasn't even really reached critical mass, just the fact that we're starting to see investment going into that. 
sector of the economy. You're seeing prices for solar and wind are dropping. Electric cars are becoming cheaper and more available. So there is, like, it's not critical mass stage yet, but there is a developing alternative. And if your name is Wall Street, you bet on every horse and see which one's the winner which is bad for yeah, oil. Yeah, oil is not a winning industry right now, but now, I guess, uh, what is? What is a winning industry? There's no winning industries anymore as of this week. Yeah, everybody's losing this week. This was... Wow. <laughs> and and the thing that really just hits at home is oh. on Thursday night after close, Donald Trump announces the creationist absolutely does not believe in science in any sense of the word presided over an explosion of hiv aids in indiana while he was governor mike pence to head the coronavirus task force and the next morning wall street jumped (laughs) off a cliff yeah and i mean like Oh, man. And coronavirus, actually. So here's, like, here's my question. What do you think it's going to be like on Monday? I mean, if you pay attention to this shit, like, if you've seen, you know, Trump's little presser or, you know, the fucking Larry, (laughs) you know, baby. Larry got his ass fired from wall street for a cocaine habit in the 90s a 120k a year coke habit the trading floor is somehow he still has a nose (laughs) i i'm sorry but the trading floor is not your street dude okay yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it's like, dude, either you're a really shitty trader or you're a fucking... <laughs> yeah, no, no. They, they, Like, imagine, like, either being, like, so shitty at being a stockbroker that, like, you get fired and for a coke habit. Like, you either have to be really shitty at doing coke or really shitty as a stockbroker to be fired for that. <laughs> and, like, both are very easy. <laughs> like... I mean, it's like, who knows, maybe he tripped over the low bar and then don't fucking snort rails off your desk when the press is in the office, Larry. Larry. God damn it, Larry. God damn it. So, yeah, it's it's with, like, this whole fucking coronavirus thing. Like, this is, a like, a straw on the camel's back in that, like, it it's, uh, its financial disruptions should not have triggered a crash like this. But also, it's turning out to be a pretty big fucking deal, isn't it? Like, with shutting down, like, the Chinese ports because of the quarantine and, like, just the amount of quarantine efforts and, like, what it is revealing about, like, every single country in the world about how shitty they all are at this. Like, I think a good way to think of global supply chains right now is the production is currently going to be really um because you don't just have 
Well, I, Ms. Silver, what do you think about this? Um, Just the whole pileup of shit. I mean, there's a, not gonna lie, there's a part of me that kind of wants to celebrate because it's like, look, we all, all of us who like pay attention to this shit, all of us who are like, you know, doomsday economists, we have been waiting for this to happen for quite a while. We didn't think that it would be this stupid, but, you know, reality is stupid. Reality doesn't have to make sense. It just has to happen. And it's like, I, when I was growing up, um, the dot bomb was the big thing in my teens. Uh Um, And then, you know, around the point where I probably should have graduated college if everything hadn't gone wrong in my life. Um, 2008 happened and blew up everything. And every single time this has happened, we have gotten these fucking anemic, what they called them back in the day was a jobless recovery. Okay. How much more of that crap yeah. can can we really take? Because I, I used to live in like, you know, the rural south and I saw like firsthand what this what this had done. Because like you know, everything was functioning fine except that, you know, some number somewhere in a spreadsheet got flipped and now there's no more money. Everything has to close. Everyone is just left to die. Everyone's just left to get a heroin habit from overwork or a meth habit trying to keep up. And that's no way to live. You can't live like that. No one can. And so this whole thing, this whole fucking thing, I've been waiting for years for the economy to keel over and reflects the actual state of the real economy of what is actually fucking happening to you and me and everyone else who isn't, you know, some smuggo rich fuck who gets to live in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's it's kind of a good it it is nice to see them get fucked like the rest of us. I will have to admit that. <laughs> I mean, they're gonna fuck us more. There's no, there's no question about that. But mm-hmm. F- fuck them. They, they they always get to fuck us up. We get to have this moment to say fuck you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like just fuck you, you stupid fucking rich tough pricks. Like running around like you think you know you absolutely know better because you're fucking daddy knew the right eight fucking asshole at the country club and got you into that fucking rich-ass fucking school or yeah. something. Or you got fast-tracked. You got the fucking wasp elevator. It's like, fuck yeah. you. You fuck up just like the rest of us, except when you fuck up, it fucks all of us. Yeah. yeah it's like, it's... People were like, you know, I'm, I'm doing just fine. The company's doing just fine. 
why am I being fired? You're being fired because number is sad. Yeah. That's that's uh, all. That's really all it is, is that yeah. it's in so much of this braid is just based on this like shitty, shitty, idiotic, like these algorithms that like were just made for these like very specific things that control like fucking so much of how the economy works now you know yeah it's like so idiotic and like how much of it is controlled by those fucking bloomberg terminals too and like how exactly those work like just in the amount of time that like it gets information to another one place to another like that kind of stuff like well well and what's so fucked about this is the craziest like most tinfoil hat conspiracy theories right like the illuminati and the templar and the freemasons secretly running the world with the reptiles or whatever like whatever your particular like combination of conspiracy kink is i don't fucking care any combination is more optimistic than what's actually happening right now where we're seeing that this whole time nobody's actually been in control. They made the fucking zombies that are eating off their fucking faces and are coming from yeah. the rest of them. This yeah, is yeah. this is what happened. They this is not some grand plan. This is that they fucked up. And the worst part is if it was something like the Hibernian conspiracy, you know, or something, which, you know, by the way, is real. Look up Irish people. Um, it's, uh, this is a fucking... You've got one in this just... room. <laughs> <laughs> there might be this an Irish person walk? in your own house. Um, <laughs> but like... it's just completely out of control. Like, no one knows really what is going on most of the time. And it's because it's all of these... It's just this giant pile of fucking little tiny tools and little tiny ideas, like, all fucking just building up into this 29,000-point fucking stock market. And it's, it's in no way organized. And when shit mm-hmm. starts falling, it's just an avalanche, and people don't know what to do. Like, there's, I wish there was a conspiracy, because that'd make things a lot easier, you know? Yeah. And that's, I guess, the draw of conspiracies, but, um. At least in a conspiracy theory, there's a supervillain that can be punched out. Yeah, at least, you know, when, when someone finally solves the Irish question, the economy will be fine, you know? Like, uh. (laughs) But, yeah, there's, it it can feel like, you know, because there's no grand plan, because there's no master villain, or I guess because there's no master plan and no grand villain, that we can't do anything. And, like, what can we do in response to this news, Doc? Well, we gotta remember that in the immediate term, things are gonna get really rough. Not gonna lie, there's no, there's no uh, way to say it that makes it any easier. Things are gonna get rough. People are gonna lose their jobs. 
a lot of people like in the United States, something like 40% of all Americans are currently one paycheck away from total poverty. That's all. There's going to be a lot of people going to be jobless and home very, very quickly in numbers. If things keep progressing the way they have into the next week and the Dow keeps face planting, which looks pretty much certain, Unless the free market fairy like farts a bunch of fairy dust all over Wall Street, the market's going to keep diving based on all indicators. Yeah. So, I mean, what y'all fail to understand is that the free market fairy has, it's already releasing dust. Lots of dust. Depleted uranium dust. <laughs> That's what derivatives are made out of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are you saying that like our financial system looks like 1992 Iraq right now? <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah. This is going to, yeah, this is going to end really badly. <laughs> that there's not enough money. There's going to be huge, like, Bitcoin is probably going to just like vanish off the market. Like, they're probably just going to stop trading it completely because Bitcoin's plummeting too. All these derivatives that can't be paid for are going to just go fucking up in smoke. There's just going to be so much value that's going to have to be written down or just written off as a loss. Yeah. Or warehoused in a central bank or something. It's just, there is not enough money in the world to pay for all this bullshit. Yeah, it's it's not what's going to fucking... There's, there's not enough money. And like... This is the like fundamental difference between now and 2008 is that there's no response that they can give other than actually really doing something for people. And that's why you have to work together with everyone around you, you know? Yeah. So while everyone's been talking, among other things, um, you know, drinking monster, just glancing around, spinning in my chair, um, dreaming of stockbrokers falling out of windows. I've been looking at Bitcoin prices. Now, normally this shit isn't supposed to matter, but uh, the thing is, is that when we started today, Bitcoin was actually up a little. That's not true anymore. It's actually falling back down. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like just <Wow. laughs> like just in the time that we've been spending talking about this, the price has gone from a slight uptick, probably you know some some true believer pumping a little extra cash into the whole thing to keep the confidence going. Mm-hmm. But. It's not working because the price has fallen from it started out like up like a couple dollars and now it's down 28. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you were hoping for a cryptocurrency to be your hedge against all this bullshit, you're delusional. Yeah, it's not going to work like that. And now it'll be really funny once, you know, the bottom falls out of the tether market. Because the whole conceit of that is that it's pegged to the U.S. dollar, and frankly, that's been unstable for a while now. 
<laughs> um, once that falls out, and cryptocurrencies are going to fucking die for the foreseeable. It'll be, you know, a couple of nerds trading back and forth the same 0.002 bitcoins to each other. Which, to be fair, is really what it should have been all along. Um, yes, yes. And it's like, it's kind of telling, you know, that the same bullshit that we see in the stock market and the mess that's going down in bonds and commodities, we got to see that a bit early in cryptocurrency. And we're seeing it right now. Yeah, and you know, like I was saying earlier, there's no hope for something like the fucking bailout to happen and actually fix things. So the best thing you can do is just you need to treat this kind of like a natural disaster. Um, you know, uh, you've got to prep for it. You've got to start getting to know people at your work better. You've got to get closer with your family and friends. And you need to if be... If you have any positions, um, this is not investment advice, but, and you're probably doing this anyway, but you should probably get out. Yeah. Get out of the Yeah. This yeah, is well, this is gonna be worse than two thousand eight. Totally unprofessional opinions here. Totally unqualified. This is gonna be worse than two thousand eight. <laughs> like this this is what I would do. Um maybe it's not the objectively correct way to look at things. Uh they would probably tell you to, oh no, you should stay in long term. Like we we are staring down the a barrel, uh, we're steering down the barrel of, like, a crisis of fucking capitalism. Dollars don't mean anything unless they're turned into goods and services. Yeah, and... And if yeah. you're holding stock at this point, don't. what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Don't! Stop that! Yeah. Go put it in something else. Guns, ammo, gold. I Literally mean, like, anything but fucking stock. Yeah, you should Even probably just you should probably just take it out as cash. Stuff the cash into cash. your mattress. <laughs> yeah. Your great grandmother had the right fucking idea all along. I don't think there will be bank runs like in the Great Depression. We've got pretty strong protections against that, at least for at least for small accounts. Yeah. If you if you have over two hundred and fifty if you have over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in your account, fucking give us money. Start start paying start paying us for this podcast, please. Uh, <laughs> and um, also maybe consider spreading. <laughs> but uh yeah, and also like probably spread it around to a couple banks so that you never have more than the FDIC insured amount in any one bank. But uh, my real advice, actually, though, is to uh, the the thing that'll get you through this is human relationships, solidarity, and yeah. mutual aid. That there will be people who lose their jobs and lose their homes, and 
it might be you or it might be someone you know and you need to help them out and they need to help you out there's no fucking like oh do i have an extra bedroom don't be like that right now because <laughs> it's gonna get bad and we need to pull together for this yeah it's all gonna be like like things like foreclosure defense strikes yeah. all that are gonna need to eviction defense like people are gonna need to come together and work together because the real like the stuff that's really there which is the people you know and the communities and that is worth way more than all this magic money that's about to disappear yeah start working together with your tenants associations you know your local tenants associations start working together with pretty much any local socialist org a lot of them do stuff like eviction defense and stuff um also uh one if you're in a union check out the iww yeah yeah check out the iww they <laughs> they do a lot of that stuff or, or if you're not and you know. uh okay. if you're in a union your union actually usually has a lot of mutual aid programs which yeah. uh you should start to look into one final um, thing, I guess this is advice, this is not investment advice at all, because here's the thing. The way that Wall Street resolved the whole real estate collapse was to start buying up shit. A lot of private equity firms now own significant chunks of real estate you one of the things you should do to hedge against this is check who owns your building if you can't find out who owns your building that itself is a bad sign mm -hmm. because it means it's owned by a shell company and whoever's holding the shell company's bag at the end of the day they are probably about to eat shit and you don't want yeah, to be around and, when that happens. And they're everywhere. They they're part of the whole like housing crisis and the rent crisis yeah. happening all. Yeah, and and this is why uh, tenants unions, tenants associations are so important right now, because uh, there's there's countries where the tenants you held. I think there's places in America where the tenants have the right buy a building from the owners where you can get together yeah. and if they're selling the building you can collectively own it you can first bid right of first refusal right of first refusal thank you silver so that's <laughs> gonna happen a lot <laughs> in fact unions are gonna have to start occupying factories that are closing down that kind of thing and there's people that are already like moving ahead on them Berlin, there was pretty recently a referendum on banning big private rental companies, like these kind of private equity, like yeah, shell companies. And the part of the referendum was to expropriate all the two hundred thousand units held by them and turn it into public housing, and it passed. Yeah, yeah. So like the like the city of Berlin just straight up went, nope, we're not playing this game anymore. Exactly. So there is. There's all kinds of ways that you can force change to happen. Because yeah. right now, 
all the people at the top have completely fucked up and all they're thinking about is running for the lifeboats. Yeah, and yeah, local government, a lot of them in a lot of countries can do a lot. Like, there's some serious shit that like a city or a state or government or whatever you've got there, province, they can do a lot in terms of just keeping people alive. Yeah. So, that was... Does anyone else have anything left to say? Good luck. Yeah. We're all good. Good luck out there. Uh, (laughs) If there's any stockbrokers listening to this podcast... Please don't. Don't, like, follow any of our Don't follow any of our advice. Not even the stuff about jumping out windows. That was also in jest. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) I hope y'all make it through this uh, bullshit. All right. This has been uh, Chop Shop Radio. Chop Shop Economics. Chop Shop Economics. Wow. Yeah, see, (laughs) good thing we've got multiple hosts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah this has been chop shop economics yo we're all in this together we're all in this together and hopefully we'll see you next week <laughs>